take 43. Mark? Welcome back to the Take 43 podcast. This is episode eight, Film School versus YouTube. My name is Drew Williams. Oh man, it's going to be a barn burner. I'm Aaron Colborn. <laughs> it's a real barn yeah, burner. Yeah, this is a, I mean, this is a, a debate as old as time. And by old time, I mean since like maybe like 2004. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> no, totally. It's not even a debate. We're just going to talk about the differences. Yeah, we're just going to chat. But before we get into it, curious to know what happened to the first 42 takes. Well, inexplicably, I was in line at the liquor store while we were doing the first 42 takes. And these days, you know, I had to wait outside the store, you know, like all the way around. Yeah. Like it's like snakes all all the way around the store. And so I finally, you know, after about half an hour, I get into the liquor store and um, was very dismayed to find out that they don't even sell licorice. There. Oh, that's super depressing. So, yeah, I was way bummed. So instead, I bought a six pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade, <laughs> and I've been shotgunning them ever since then. Yeah, you can shotgunning you can, bottles is hard because you have to break the glass, <laughs> and then you have glass in the drink. Yeah, and then yeah, it's well, really kind of painful. What's cool is you've probably had three cases of Mike's Hard Lemonade since we've started, and you're still sober. I know, right? Like I only you. have one case of alcoholism. Whether now. that means. <laughs> Whether that means Mike's Hard Lemonade sucks or whether that means Mike's Hard Lemonade still sucks. You know, Mike's Hard Lemonade, uh, give us a call. Uh, we'll be uh, <laughs> potential, sponsor us. Potential, yeah, potential sponsor uh, here. Yeah, yeah. I think that's available on Anchor. Yeah. Um, speaking of Anchor, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not going to get into it that early. Um, so what have you been up to the last couple weeks in quarantine, Aaron? Well, you know, like after a little while, I mean, I've had plenty to do. I still had a, enough work to keep me busy, which is great. But uh, kind of starting to like run out of like the movies that I'm super excited to watch, ones that I've been like, yeah, I can't wait to watch this. And so I'm kind of getting to like the bench, you know, who's my my pinch hitter movies. And so I started watching, I realized I used to love Pixar stuff. I mean, I still do, Pixar's but great. I still watch like a lot of Pixar stuff. And I realized that like the last several that I've, I've kind of missed for whatever reason, not like on purpose or anything. And so I started kind of catching up on those, like watched The Incredibles 2 the other day. Great movie. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, the, the first one's a ton of fun. This one was fun also. It was fun. Yeah. It was, I think we saw that in theaters a couple, oh, did you? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's good. And then uh, Toy Story 4 I just watched, which was so awesome. I mean, I love great. the Toy Story movies. And I remember when I heard there was going to be a fourth one, I was like, I mean, do you really need to do that? Like the third one ended so well. Right. Uh, but the fourth one was way, way fun. Forky. Uh, yeah. Forky. Forky. Yeah. Forky yeah. was hilarious. Um, really liked him. Uh, and I'm just, trash. <laughs> I'm trash. <Dude. laughs> when, yeah. Brooke and I lost it in the theater when, when he said that, dude. It's pretty hilarious. Well, and the, like the thing that really, uh, I think kind of stuck out to me is that, um, you know, especially with something like Toy Story, you know, like we were clearly watching CGI and everything, but you look at the stuff in the background, like where I noticed it was in their front yard and you could see like their lawn behind them. It looked like photorealistic. When you yeah. actually look at those details, it's incredible. And since it's been a, you know several years since I've watched a, a new Pixar movie, it really, really stuck out to me how incredible it all looks now. Yeah, and Toy Story 4 specifically, just from the lights from the carnival, not going to give anything away yeah, here, yeah. but there's just so much detail. The lights from the carnival were really, really great. So much detail compared to Toy Story 1 if you go back and watch it. Uh, it's really cool to, to compare those. Yeah. And I also, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and admit something here. I am a unabashed fan of the movie frozen and yeah. I know it's not Pixar it's Disney but uh we, we, I, we talked about that in uh we talked about that in one of the last episodes oh did we really yeah. yeah like I love it and so finally uh um frozen 2 is on Disney plus and so I watched that the other night I'm like yeah it's pretty good like yeah. I don't know if I'd say I dug it quite as much as the original but like I really liked it I thought they did a great job it still has a you know great message to it good music and everything like that 
Um, yeah, fun to watch at one o'clock in the morning by yourself when you're a 41 year old man. <laughs> Not creepy at all. <laughs> Not creepy at all. Um, <laughs> and then also watch, and you you said you watched this also, but Onward. Onward was fun. Yeah. yeah. What you, would you think about it? Well, it came on uh, Disney Plus for free because obviously they were going to uh, you know do a theatrical release, yeah. and that didn't get to happen. Well, I think um, it ha- I think I think it was released for like a week and a half or something like oh, that. Before I think you're they, right. Yeah. No, on, Onward was good. I, I thought it was really fun. Loved some of the music. You know, I was kind of skeptical when I saw the trailer for it. It kind of reminded me of like a Weekend at Bernie's movie or something. Oh, right. Because yeah, I was yeah. carrying around like a half pair of pants. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. And I and some of the characters, the voiceovers were great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so then uh, finally, um, I've been watching or I, I did watch uh, Love is Blind on Netflix. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is, it's one of those things where I, it's, I'm not entirely sure how it even actually happened that I turned on the first episode, uh, but I watched it and it's, it's total garbage, but yeah, way fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you and Brooke could watch that together. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she watches that <laughs> shit. <laughs> and I now watched it with, with my wife. <laughs> That's good. And she had a great time and she's like, Aaron wants to watch some garbage TV with me. That's amazing. Yeah. And she was super hyped. That's yeah. fun. You got to have a little Pixar Disney binge there. I know. It's weird. So like, yeah, not the type of stuff I would normally like sit down and watch any of it, uh, but it's been kind of fun, like watching something a little bit different. Although next I'm going to watch uh, The Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. very much, that's much more kind of like my jam. It's so weird. I think it's four by three, black it's and no, white. It's like, like yeah. uh, it's, I don't know if it's noir so much, but it's, but it is black and white. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like that's me, right? That's definitely more my 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 jam. Something very bizarre and kind of like off off center, and yeah, yeah. it was cool. So uh, what uh, what have you been watching though? No, that's cool. I che- I definitely want to check out the lighthouse because it's a good noir looking film. Um, what <laughs> do you know what noir means? <laughs> Neuer? Neuer. Yeah, no, I've been watching some stuff too. Obviously, checked out Ozark season three. Great stuff. Yeah, that uh, was awesome. Actually, we, I really like that. Yeah, obviously, Tiger King. Everyone's talked about that, so we won't get into it. Wow. <laughs> um, what was cool with, about Tiger King was it led to a 2020 documentary series that was on, on I think it's on Friday nights, uh, but we watched it on Hulu. It was about Siegfried and Roy. Oh, oh. And you realize who is the better Tiger King, in my opinion. Siegfried? Uh, uh, Roy. Roy is. Roy. Okay. Yeah, Roy. Why is that? He would meditate with him before each show. He had these lions on stage. They were two feet away from the audience. There was no, and the audience was like sunken in like orchestra level, you know? Right, right. So it really just opened my eyes up to, first off, how dangerous it was. And then they also talked about current time. Like that show couldn't be in Vegas right. in current time because uh, of animal rights activists, plus the dangers of, of tigers and people are more aware of that. Right. Which uh, one was the one that got attacked? Was it Siegfried? It, it was Roy. That was Roy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Siegfried was the blonde hair guy. Roy had darker hair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Both just beautiful people. And I would have loved to have seen that show in Vegas. I've, and, you know, it's inspired a lot of the shows in Vegas like Cirque du Soleil right. and uh, the magic shows, uh, David Copperfield and things like that. I so, love David Copperfield. I would kill to see David Copperfield. Like yeah. ever since I was a little kid, I remember watching his specials on TV totally. and being like, yeah, making, you know, the Statue of Liberty disappear or whatever. Yeah. Like it was like an event when a David Copperfield special was on TV. Yeah. he's yeah. And David Copperfield still performs at the MGM. He still has a And he looks there. the same still. I think his best magic Lots trick of- is not aging. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of plastic surgery. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Not magic. <laughs> right. So I would highly suggest on Hulu, the 2020 Siegfried and Roy doc. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. It's really good. Uh, Harry Potter series. My wife and I are rewatching those cause those are fun. Takes me back to my childhood. Neat. Uh, <laughs> Aaron's a big fan. Uh, bad boys for life. Meh. It was fine. 
you know, I, like I kind of want to watch that. I mean, it's, so you have, the first two were directed by Michael Bay, but he didn't direct the third one. And I've heard that no. that actually makes it better. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I love Will Smith. I love Martin Lawrence. And they were very fun together. And it's mm-hmm. those movies you realize when you're younger, when you watch like the original one, how much funnier they are and how much more action. And then you watch a movie these days and you're like, oh, I know how they did that. You know, right. just in our field, sometimes those things get ruined. Uh, Funny Games, which was a remake of a 1997 movie. It came out in 2007. Uh, we had discussed that in the studio. Yeah, and the it grudge. Would, yeah, it's the <laughs> studio. It's a really weird movie. If you have uh, two bucks that you want to blow, uh, rent it on Amazon Prime. It's it was interesting. It, well, not not a good movie, but it was it was. It's a, it's a different movie. It was it's, different. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of. Uh, uh, it brought uh, brought up anxiety levels in me for sure because it's kind of a, it's kind of a home invasion movie. It's a home invasion. Like, just, like, it just pissed me off. Yeah. It just yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about trash TV. So another trashy kind of thing that I've been watching is Ghost Adventures. Oh, I love those. Those are like, oh, did you did you guys you guys saw that right? Yeah. Oh, it's an orb, bro. That's a speck of dust. Yeah. No, right. no, it's no things <laughs> no, like that. I didn't feel anything or see anything or hear anything. <laughs> but I think it's fun because I like watching the episodes of places like there's a lot based in Utah. Yeah. And especially in the Salt Lake area, there's a lot uh, based in Vegas because that's where they're out of. So I I've been to a handful of these places and I really like watching the episode if I've been around them. Oh, that's that's nice of them or nice for them that uh they have so many things so close in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Handy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've just they they have like he has like a museum and stuff uh, in vegas that he's talked about and he went to that tiki bar the that 1.5 episode we did about ces and i talked about oh yeah bar go back to 1.5 if you want to hear about it but they actually went and filmed there last september and i was there in january i had no idea that there was a haunted booth and things like that and they actually had footage of some really cool paranormal stuff that was was happening so uh, we talked about that in one of the podcasts. I just thought it was interesting that that was last week's episode. Um, and another thing we've been watching is game shows. Oh, uh, big fan of the Wall. I think it's fun. Oh yeah, that's yeah. What it's like a, it's kind of like Plinko, right? On yeah, uh, on. Uh Price is right. Yeah. Right, where they'd stand up at the sure. top and they drop something down. Yeah, but. and there's like different slots. There's different ways to win. It involves two people. I highly suggest watching The Wall if you have nothing better to do. And then I, my favorite show that uh, Brooke and I found on Hulu, and I think it's on Fox as well, is Beat Shazam. Uh, this is called Beat Shazam. So basically it's three teams start. You you know, Brooke and I have like our buzzers on our knees and we're like slapping them because I <laughs> swear like that's one thing I'm pretty, pretty damn good at is knowing song titles. Yeah. And it's really cool and fun to play when you actually are decently good at it. We've watched like four episodes and we would have won a million in like at least two of them. Well, you should go on it. You, Dude, should, you should apply I, to go on yeah, it. Yeah, that would be great. Right. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx is the host, by the way, which oh, is right because Jamie Foxx is really Yeah, I like funny. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty dope. Have you, I think right before, uh, the wall is Ellen's game of games. Do you ever watch that? I have seen the ad. I have not watched it. I actually really like it. It's fun. Ellen's great. Yeah. Ellen's funny. Ellen for president. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you know, what's a pain sometimes Hmm, you tell hauling huge lights onto set. Oh yeah. That's like the worst. Yeah. I've tried more compact lights, but they just don't cut it when it comes to rendering true color. Plus they're never bright enough. Mm -hmm, Never. But one day a buddy of mine from the snowboard industry asked me to check out these new lights called Lytra, which promised to solve exactly that problem. They're compact yet powerful and with professional grade color rendering. Nice. Nice. Now Lytra is pretty much all I ever bring to set. Compact, powerful, bicolor, RGB, 
Bluetooth controlled, rugged, waterproofed, you name it, Lytra is it. That's a whole bunch of stuff. That sounds great. So you should visit our Lytra link in the description below and receive 15% off your next order from Lytra.com. I promise you these lights will completely change your approach to photo and video lighting. All right, man, I'm going to hold you to it. So let's get into the conversation today. I just want to briefly talk about film school versus YouTube. I think first off, before getting into this, it's not a debate. Uh, we're just going to talk about some pros and cons of both. Yeah, they they both definitely have like their 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 high points, their low points. Uh, you know, their their complementary thing. But like, yeah, we're not going to argue that like one's the right way to do it. No, for sure. No, we're not teachers, and we're not school advocates, and we're also not YouTube pros. So I just want to get into the history of my schooling really quick. I got a telecom degree at Indiana University. I did like the four years bachelor program. It's a bachelor's of arts and sciences degree. So with that in the university aspect in that field comes uh, a lot of prerequisite classes, right? right. So my, my experience was great. I think I've talked about this in the past podcast. My experience was amazing at that school. It was a big 10 school, you know, parties, fun, yada, yada. But I still wish I would have went to like full cell or like LA film school. Right. Yeah. I think it's more um, fitting for what I wanted to do. And obviously the career that I, you know, wanted to follow. Cause a lot of people go to school and they don't even follow like their degree. Right. Right. So I knew I was going to follow the, the degree, but I, there was just so much crap that came along with it. Like those math classes and those, you know, not the script writing classes, that's helpful. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I consider that in the same field, but there's, I, you know, I was in a bowling class and I was in like a history a bowling of bowling class. Yeah. And like, that's like a, a PE class and right. like a history of hip hop class, which is fun. And these are all great things, but an African dance class. These are things that I didn't have to learn or take, and I could have been learning something else within my field. All right. I'm going to push back just a little bit on that okay. because I think that doing something like film, right? You're, you're, you want to make films. You want to be an artist. You want to talk about things. I think that having, and okay, bowling, maybe not, maybe not the greatest class, but, right. but I think it's, it's I fun. think it's good to um, end up I think it's good to take these other classes and become a more well-rounded person. You have more knowledge sure. about different things. And I think that can all contribute to making you a, a better artist. You, have, you know, learning about things, it gives you something more to say, you know? So even like yeah. the hip hop dance class or whatever, like you might get to that and be like, oh man, like this is cool. Like this could make a very fun movie or it might change your feelings on having something like that in a film. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? And so like, and don't get me wrong, like oh, bowling, I mean, you end up writing the big Lebowski or something. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. And I met a lot of really cool people and some of my friends, friends that I still am in contact with today I've met in those classes, right? So when I'm saying this, it's no regret. It's just how I think it could have played out better maybe if I would have had you know, more specific classes to exactly what I wanted to do. Right. You know, and I'm not talking about like how to change a lens 101, right? right because right. technology always is evolving. But just, you know, there was a couple classes that really gave me headaches that I was taking extra time and getting tutoring and things like that. Right. Uh, I've never been really good at math. And I was in some really, really hard math classes right. that I had to take. And I didn't fail anything, but I had to work really hard and put in, like I could have been out filming something later in the evening rather than, you know, getting right. tutored in this math class for a test the next day. Right. So, that. so just an example of, of some of the schooling that I went through and my junior year, I actually started enjoying classes more because we started getting to more like hands-on filming classes. Which right? so that's what you're like waiting for, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like but the first year you're just like, Bleh. but don't get me wrong. You still have to pay for those two years, first yeah. two years. Right. Yeah, so, right. so you're, you're battling through all these random classes, but you know, we, we got to get into the studios. I finally got to get my hands on like a, you know, like a 24 inch crane jib and, right. and operate that. We were shooting music videos. So that was really cool. And that's kind of what made me realize that, wow, it took a while to get 
to this level. It does. Why, yeah. why did it take so long type of thing? What's really cool about schooling at a university is, you know, you can rent, if you're in the programs, you can rent gear, you can rent right. audio, you can rent cameras, you get to rent studios, you can, you know, you can sign up to, you could sign up to rent the studio out for three hours on a Friday night because no one would be in there right. and you could shoot whatever you wanted. And right. even if you didn't have a, a plan, right. And now you're, you're, if you need big studio space, you're paying for it. So there right. were some really big pros with going to university and, and learning that stuff. Just access to equipment that you uh, maybe weren't able to before. Cause like when I did it, which is a little while ago, like that's back when you would just buy like one copy of Premiere and it cost like right. what, $1,400 or something like that. Well, you or, could, you could get the education. Yeah. yeah but, but even discount. then it was still like $800 or something. Like, really? It was, it was ridiculous. I think it, I yeah. thought, I think I paid five fifty bucks. Yeah, for Adobe, and it was like yeah. four discs that you had to load on your computer. Yeah, no, mine was still like several hundred dollars. Wow. Even with the yeah, even with that discount. So like being able to go someplace and uh, have access to well, and also like I didn't, I don't think I even had a computer at the time. Right. You know, like or well, nothing that could handle that. Well, yeah, and that's kind of why I brought up renting the expensive gear because yeah. at the time I had a camera, but it was still like a, an HD handy cam. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I couldn't afford the gear that I have now. Yeah. And it wasn't paying for itself, right? I, right. I was still shooting weddings. Right. I was still working with uh, Hudson's Photography as a lighting assistant. So I was still getting that education, but I didn't have the things at my fingertips that I could use now. Right. Like we're, we could shoot in here right now and make something awesome. And it'd be uh, all right. It, <laughs> it's a studio. Uh, but, um, you know, that's my point is there are some, there are definitely some big pros to going to a university. You know, the experience was big. I, I got to learn from a lot of really, really good mentors. So that actually is kind of how I feel about uh, film school. Like, yeah, there's the, the cost of it is pretty prohibitive. For, for what you get out of it sometimes. And I think YouTube can be a lot better for some of the specific kind of book learning sort of stuff you can do, right? Very much so. Um, but what, what I think for me, what I really got out of film school was being grouped in with a bunch of very like-minded people. You know, there are a bunch of strangers from different places, don't know each other, that all have kind of like the same goal and the same wants and desires to do this sort of thing. And so you kind of have this immediate group of people that you start collaborating with and start being creative with, and which is something that's kind of hard to do on your own. Because unless you right. have friends that are as into it as you are, right. which isn't always the case, it certainly wasn't for me. I totally agree with you on that. And I think that community is really important, right? And some of the people that I was in contact with at school and that I met, you know, one-on-one working with, like one guy shoots Drake's music videos. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So if I ever moved to LA and I, you know, I know I have that contact. Right, right. It's kind of like the, the beginnings of like your networking with, with your peers, right? Because right. like, everybody goes off and does their own thing. You have to stay in contact. You never know. Somebody could give you a call or you could end up calling somebody or you never know or running into them. Totally. Um, but yeah, and I think it's good. And like uh, the other thing about having that, so my my favorite class, uh, like by far, was my screenwriting class. Right. I took it. I only had to take like I think I could have gone away with taking two semesters. I ended up taking it like four semesters. And the reason why is is it wasn't so much like a um, a sit down. Here's how you write a screenplay. You know, here's the three acts. Here's character arcs, stuff like that. Like don't get me wrong, we went through all that, but the class was way more focused on being a um, a workshop. So the focus was to sit down and write. So you got to learn from other people too. And right. So you so you go off on your own and you kind of like you write, you know, pages, you bring pages into class and then you take turns reading them. You assign parts to people and through the table read 
sometimes just through the read itself, you start to understand what's wrong with it. Right. Um, and then, but then also getting other people's point of views and opinions about it, uh, just, Invaluable. Like, right, I mean, yeah. it's the type of thing I've been trying to recreate ever since I've left school. You, you learn to accept criticism and that and, just because you think something's right and it's wrong, there's a way to do it better. And then mm-hmm. again, it's just that community of collaboration. Yeah. And you've, you know, that's huge in the film world because you're always going to get critiques and things will always change whether yep. you want it to or not, depending on what position you're in. Yep, absolutely. Well, and also like there's there's getting criticism. There's also learning how to give criticism right. properly, especially totally. if you're going to be in like a, like a, a department head or a director or even something like that, you need to be able to talk to your people and say like, okay, here's what we're going to do and here's why I think we should do it right. uh, without being a jerk about it, you know? Totally. Because like, if you if you give criticism the wrong way, you just, people, it's like a switch flips and they just, they're done and they're not going to listen to anything you have to say. Right. So there's, there's kind of an art to giving criticism. Absolutely. And I think that's a good segue kind of for uh, talking about YouTube as well, bringing kind of YouTube into this now, because a lot of what you hear in the comments sections on YouTube mostly are negative. <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> so so you're not going to get a high-level uh, critique in your video unless you're asking for it, right? Unless you right. unless you're specifically asking for something where I think in film school where when you do have that community and you're learning from others, I think it's just more accepting. Yeah, the anonymity of the internet really makes it easy to lean towards the side of kind of being a jerk to people on the internet. Sure. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And so, yeah, it's nice to have like a personal connection with a group of people, you're all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. as opposed to like what well, also it's, like, it's kind of hard to learn in front of people on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, totally. if you're not doing something confidently, like you said, in the comment section, you can get torn down pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and people will more than likely write something negative before they write something positive. Right. So true. But I think there's a lot of pros to YouTube as well. Absolutely. You know, there's many angles of learning on YouTube, uh, whereas film school can feel a little bit linear. And what I mean by that is there's camera reviews, like with, that'll help you buy a camera, um, how to get a shot with a specific camera. Uh, or a lens that exists, right? Whereas film school will be uh, script writing, studio, or production, or media 101, or business 101 in the media, or very broad, where with YouTube, if you bought a Sony A7 Mark III and you don't know how to use the menu, you have answers. It's basically an instruction booklet. Yeah, it's very, it's really, really good for practical knowledge. Very like much so. Anything, in it, like, I mean, it, probably at least twice a day I'm working on something. I'm like, oh, how do you do this? And like, totally. I could probably sit there for an hour and dink around and probably figure it out. Or I can go to YouTube. I can uh, type something in and probably have an answer within a couple of minutes or at least one version of an answer. Are you talking about editing? Yeah. Edit- or anything really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, it's kind of your manual. And again, it's a good point where we're not saying one is better than the other because it's clear that we've used both already, right? You yeah, just said right. that you use it. They're complementary. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's uh, I think it's a cool angle to, to check something out if you're looking for something very specific. Another huge pro about YouTube versus film school is I'm still making mm-hmm. loan payments for my school and YouTube is $0. The monetary aspect is a pretty big deal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering like not only do you not have to pay YouTube for all that stuff is like eventually you can be making money off of YouTube or, yeah. so, or so I've heard. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you obviously have to be at a certain level and be right. as professional as you can to get to that level, which I think is a good thing. Otherwise, everyone would be trying to do YouTube, which right. they kind of are already. Yeah, it kind of is a thing. <laughs> Yeah, but um, 
I, I think another thing about film school that's great is you're learning from instructors who have been in the industry mostly mm-hmm. and they've had experience on set. And, you yeah. know, I had an instructor who worked in L.A. and then he would he would commute back and forth. And then he finally was in Indiana for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. You have instructors who are write, writing books about media, right. media 101, sex in the media, business in the media. You have all of these different angles of experience and kind of you know, you lean on to trust fully. Totally. Whereas on YouTube, it's a very much a point of opinion and a view of one person. Right. You, you have these people you look up to, you know, people that you care about their opinions, you care about their feelings on stuff, but it's also just a one-way street. Yeah. Right. You know, like you, right. if you have a, a professor that you really like and they have a lot of good things to say, like you can have some really great, I mean, I can't count the amount of times I had like these great, like after class conversations with a professor totally. had, where it's something like really clicked into place. It wasn't part of necessarily the the class. Right. I was in this documentary class and one of the documentaries that we watched, it was my favorite one that we had viewed out of probably 10 or so in the, in the semester we were watching them. Mm-hmm. We had to write reviews on them and things. You know, he, we went around at the end of the semester. He said, you know, what's your favorite documentary we watched? Why? And I told him, he goes, oh, that's funny. That's the one I worked on. Oh, wow. So it's kind of interesting to have that first person connection. Yeah. Like my, my screenwriting teacher, he was, uh, he, he didn't talk much about himself. He's very kind of a Zen guy. Yeah. Didn't like, didn't talk a whole lot about what he'd done, but we would like really kind of turn the screws on him and trying to get some information out of him. Yeah. And he uh, ended up ended up telling us one time about how he actually sat in the editing room with George Romero when he was editing, I think it was uh, Day of the Dead. See, that's insane. How cool is that? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, awesome. That's really, really cool. I think that um, there's something to say about having experience and then teaching it firsthand. Whereas, there, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of YouTubers who've had amazing experience. Right. So I'm not downplaying that. Oh, for sure. And, but there's a lot of kids who are just at their house on their at their desk with their camera, and they're just teaching you or telling you something that they've learned from another YouTuber. And that's kind of my, I think what I wrote down as my biggest negative about YouTube is you don't really, most of the time, you don't really know your source. And a right. lot of times you actually don't even know if the quality of information you're getting is very good. Yeah. You know, like I've had, I've gone down several roads with like some sort of tip or trick for, you know, editing that I get to the end. I'm like, that's not how it works at all. Or that didn't turn out well at all. And so it can be kind of a crapshoot sometimes yeah. if you're, if it's not somebody that you already trust, like a Peter McKinnon or, you know, whoever. sure. Absolutely. Someone who just has that credibility right. and has worked in the, in the industry before they were on YouTube or, or has, are they working on something currently besides YouTube? Right. You know, it's kind of not a hands-on experience unless you have your own gear. Right. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. your gear is never enough. So right. there's someone, you know, there's someone telling you about a camera tutorial or a like a menu function or something. Right. And that's just, again, like a vlogging setup. You right. got an external boom mic, like a shotgun mic, I mean, and it's on your little handy cam and then you have that gorilla pod. That's like the right. standard YouTube setup. And then they're talking about that. And a lot of people want to take it to a whole nother level of actual filmmaking, Hollywood style, you know, big Ari cameras. And there are people that do that. Don't get me wrong, that review those things and do that. Like Potato Jet is is really good at Potato Jet. Potato Jet's right. It's a great name. Yeah. I'll check that out. (laughs) I didn't I didn't know Potato Jet until we went to Power Video and then now I watch his videos and he is absolutely incredible. Really? Yeah he 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 lives in LA and he gets access to a lot of new cameras and and gets his hands on things and before most people do. And I think it's that level of professionalism that's above the vlog setup. Right, right. So when we're talking about this, we're not downplaying everyone. We're just using examples compared to school.
I think YouTube's cool because, you know, it encourages different locations of filming. So say, oh, I went here uh, to film at a location and it's like in Bali or something or take photos of a place. Instagram does that too, right? So there's Mm -hmm. like this social influencing of location, right? which is something you cannot get in film school. No, yeah, that's true. Because there's a lot. Of, I shot mostly in like friends' apartments and stuff like that. Right, you <laughs> shot in the field rarely. You yeah. shot mostly in studio, and maybe that's the thing is they never taught you about location scouting yeah. in school. Yeah, that's something I kind of did on my own. Like I remember, I like I always wa- always wanted to shoot on location. Like location stuff yeah. is where where it was always at for me. And so like in my early early stuff, so for for me before the actual kind of film school started, I had like this one prerequisite class it was like it was a video class it was like basics of video or something like that like media 101 or something basically yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that and so i had to like do a little short film myself and it was you know with a little sony handy camera whatever and i just i went out to these locations with myself uh framed up on myself and like i shot it and it starred me also <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah i don't know it's like locations for me are like where it's at and and I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, I, I just <laughs> <laughs> so go on. I think the point is like social influencing and social post and videos and things can really encourage someone maybe to travel somewhere they haven't and they bring their camera with them. Right, right. Where they might not have before before they watch that. I have to admit that I, I think I have a little bit of regret about the advantage I took of, of film school. Um, I think that there are probably things I should have done that I didn't do. You know, there's some classes I should have taken that I didn't. And if we're just being completely honest, I think part of it was, so when I came back, I was in the military. When I came back to the States, um, I had gained a wife. Bummer. And, yeah, I know, right? And <laughs> and so uh, when, I, when I started going to school, my focus... My focus was on school, but I had this extra um, responsibility, which was being married. And I think there are times where I definitely put her above what I wanted to do in school. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Which is a bummer, um, but it's just kind of how it ended up. So, you know, there are times where I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I want to go. I've got these friends of mine from school and we're going to go shoot this thing. You know, not even necessarily for class, but just something we wanted to do for fun. Um, Because that's kind of that's kind of part of it. Right. Like I said, you meet these people, like minded people, and you go kind of do stuff on your own. That's fun. And that's where like I think I think that's where the real magic happens. Right. And I didn't do much of that stuff. Sure. You know, and so I I have a lot of regret about that. As far as like the the classes itself, you know, I you know, I took, you know, all the prerequisites also, which were fine. Um, You went to the University of Utah? I went to the University of Utah. I mean, they have a pretty decent film program. They have a lot of really great teachers up there. It's film studies, right? It's film studies. Yeah. So yeah, it's film studies. So actually the, even, so even though there was plenty of filmmaking involved in it, I think the focus was actually more on like film criticism. So I took a lot of like film critiquing classes. Yeah. You know, how, how do you watch movies and how do you break them apart and how do you understand the pieces of them? Right. Which is very helpful when it, when you want to make movies as well. But if, if that's all it was, if I graduated school with only having taken film criticism classes, that's not exactly, you know, that's not filmmaking. It's not filmmaking. It's not a good recipe to be able to have a career really. Exactly. (laughs) You know, unless you're going to be a film critic, which is not what I wanted to do, No, but they also do have production classes. I think you learn from that too. You have to, you know, view films and critique them oh, and know what you like and don't like, or you get yeah. to learn exactly what you want to do or exactly yeah. or what inspiration you don't do. even, you know, totally. there's so many of the movies I saw there are things that still are like the inspiration for the kind of thing I want to make now. Exactly. Um, and so, so, but there also was filmmaking classes, but I don't feel like I took advantage of those the way I should have. Like, right. like there's a directing class I didn't take. I kind of, in a lot of ways took the, the bare minimum for the production classes. Yeah. And do uh, you feel like that was because you were jammed up in prereqs? No, no, I think it's because 
like I'll be completely honest with you. I think a lot of it had to do with anxiety about okay. about you know just doing these things and uh, and finding out you know whether or not I'm any good at it. And I think it I think it, you know it's it's held me back a long you know for a long time. Yeah. Do you think it was uh, because you knew people were going to be in the class and they could judge you instantly, and it yeah. was kind of you were kind of afraid to yeah. accept criticism as you were talking about before? No, it wasn't so much that. And so okay, I'll tell you the specific class that I had an issue with. So I took you know like the beginning filmmaking classes and you know made a couple short films that people watched. I got you know mostly pretty good feedback on them, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay like not. It's it's very strange. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I'm okay showing my work to somebody and having them see it. The class that I didn't take that I really wish I had taken was, well, there's two of them. One was cinematography and one was directing. Right. And so I think the reason those two gave me anxiety is because those have to do with performing in person, right? So being a director, having the vision be yours and telling people what to do. And maybe people I don't know very well, trying to set up a production like that part of it gave me the anxiety. Right. Like if I, if I could just show somebody the finished product, fine. You know, you were afraid to have control over people, maybe a little better. You didn't, you didn't feel like you were, I was afraid to, I was afraid to have control in front of people. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. 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 So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not like I would have a problem telling people what to do. It's just, it's hard for me sometimes to be the focus of a thing. Yeah, that makes you know? sense. And that's why it took me so long, honestly, to start directing even like as an adult. That's why I went into editing. Editing's, right. you know, uh, for for somebody like me, it's a lot house. easier. It's it's a safe place. Well, I you're at your desk. Computer. You're yeah. You know what you're doing. You yep. have an agenda. You have the the editing script right there in front of you. Yep. You know the layout, and then you can make it into your own way. Yep. Um, no, I understand that. How old were you when you went into college? Because you went to the military first. Yeah, so it was military first. I think I started school when I was 23. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so not not super young, but not super old either. Yeah, well, and it's so funny too. It's not like, I mean, like, I don't know why I had anxiety. I just come out of the military. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. not, not a particularly easy thing to do. Right. But yeah. But did you have anxiety in the military? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But the difference in the military is you don't have any choice as right. to what you're doing. True. You're doing it if you're told to. Right. And so I think that's part of the reason why the military actually kind of worked for me is because right. <laughs> it didn't let me be scared of things. Well, kudos to you for um, maybe not doing what you wanted to at the time in, in school. And that there's obviously some regret there. It hasn't affected you in your present day because you directed the last short we did. Yep. Uh, you're obviously a full-time editor at a big marketing firm and you edit some of the coolest videos I've ever seen. Oh, thanks, man. You're welcome. Obviously, you were very nervous the night before Paper Cutter because right. I was doing the camera prep. We've talked about that a little yeah, bit yeah. on here already. But uh, you took it and ran with it and you blended in just fine. It, You know, it's it's been a, it's been a journey to like get to that point. You sure. know, I've had a lot of walls that I've had up that I've had to kind of break through yeah. to get to that point. And so now having done it once, it feels kind of like the floodgates are open. And like, right. that's the battle I've been fighting my entire life. Totally. You know, and, and a lot of that is, you know, wanting to do that because of the regret of what I like didn't do in film school. Right. But also know this, you're not the only one that suffers from that. Right. Because there's people uh, that I've, I've watched seminars of famous YouTubers say, and they've had panic attacks before they've gone mm -hmm. across the country to film with one of their favorite filmmakers. Right. Like full on panic attacks. You and, know, and I didn't think that existed for that person. Remember uh, the shoot we did for 43 Productions for my company uh, last March, the tech amenity videos oh, yes. where we did yeah, like yeah. 30 videos and mm -hmm. like you know, 15 were in Spanish, 15 were in English and yeah, we had two days bonkers. to shoot it. It was yeah. insane. Remember how nervous I was Oh, so nervous. and how yeah. freaked out I was. Mm -hmm. So little things like that, just, just know that you're not the only one that suffers from that. Right. You know? Well, you know, you know who has terrible anxiety? Who's that? Bill Hader. I could see that. Bill Hader. He's gone on several like talk shows and talked about it. Like, I mean, he did 
you know, Saturday Night Live. I can't imagine anything making me more anxious than having to be in front of people live and in front of the entire country live. Yeah. And like he's managed to find a way to kind of control it. But he's he's talked about it. Like he still has just massive anxiety. It's terrifying. You would never know. Yeah. You would never know. Well, and a lot of people don't talk about it. So, yeah. and especially celebrities. And I shouldn't say it's enjoyable to hear, but it is nice to hear that everyone's on the same playing field as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, at least some people yeah. are. And I get very jealous of people that, that seem to not have anxiety. And they're right. like, we're going to do this and we're going to do that thing. I'm like, oh, like you haven't thought it through. Like, yeah. Well, there's also there's also some people that would never say that they got it. Right. That's also true. Yeah. That's also so, true. well, kudos to you for overcoming that because it's clear now that even though you had regret while in film school and taking those classes, right. you were able to still manage it and do it right. later in your life. Well, and, and there was, I mean, and there was, so, there was still so many things in film school that I loved though. So I mentioned the screenwriting class. Another class I had that I felt was really, really like extremely helpful to me was it was, uh, it was another screenwriting class, but it was specifically for doing adaptations. Okay. So how do you, you know, you, you know, you can come up with a story on your own, just write a screenplay and it's your own story. But if you're adapting something and we had to adapt a couple of short stories, like where do you start with that? How do you adapt something and I think that was actually the class because you have to, in order to adapt, you don't just do it, you know, word for word, exactly how the story happens because um, film is a different medium than, than print. Right? right. And so you have to kind of get to the core of like, okay, what's the story about and right. how do I best tell that, that story in a visual medium? And so it kind of changes up a lot. And so like trying to find the core of what a story is about, I think ended up being the thing that really kind of broke movies wide open for me. Yeah. And, and, and again, I don't think that would have happened if I was, Honestly, if I was just watching on YouTube, somebody telling me how to adapt a screenplay, it's because I had right. this professor who I had for multiple other classes also, and um, having kind of like these dialogues with them, trying to kind of understand right. it. Because it's not, like stuff like theme is not like easy to just get. Well, no, and right? you had nine weeks, uh, you, know, you had a semester. Yeah, I think it was a summer semester I did it on too, which was oh, cool. So yeah. like half that time, but yeah. double the intensity. Yeah, exactly. So like three hour classes or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. So four, four and a half weeks of, of classes. And yeah. it was like it was, three times a week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, three times a week yeah. for like three hours, two hours. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. But you had this kind of continuum where you got to visit him three times a week mm-hmm. and then slowly you get to kind of, he kind of molds you, right? Yeah. Whereas you don't get that with YouTube when you're watching someone because it's a, a tech review or a, it's a one minute right. teaching or it's practical. It's, more it's very practical yeah. and hands-on, which I think is again, super beneficial. Oh yeah. It definitely has its place for sure. Yeah. And I think it's funny that you, you know, you talk about this professor because what does come with learning from someone uh, on YouTube, if you don't like someone's channel or what they're saying, you click the next button, right? Or right. You, you go back to your search bar and you research something else. Right. In school, you're pretty much stuck with this person for nine weeks, right? Yep. So you have some really garbage professors. Oh boy, there are some of those, for right? Sure. We talked about in a previous episode how my script writing professor, I didn't like her because she thought she was right about everything. Right. And everything that I thought I wrote about was was decent, you know? I don't think she felt like I was putting in 100% to the class, which was, it was during the winter time, so I was traveling a lot for snowboarding. Right. But I gave, you know, all I could. We had to, you know, Firefly the show. Long story short, we had to write the final episode of Firefly because it got canceled. Oh, that's a cool, I like that assignment. Yeah, so we got to watch, I think it was six, seven, eight episodes of the series. I can't remember. Then we had to write the final episode. That's cool. Based on that. that, right? So it should be very free form and it should be very accepting unless my, you know, punctuation and my writing styles and cues are off, right? right? She just didn't like my story. I just don't think she liked me as a person. So I felt, so now I've always had this kind of grudge against script writing and I don't feel like I'm good enough because I felt like that professor 
kind of mentally kind of hurt me in that field. Right. So right. now I don't not, feel not critical like, in the right ways, critical in the wrong ways. Yeah. 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 She would, you know, I think I got like a C minus mm-hmm. on it, uh, which is not good. That's basically, I was our final. Right. Uh, I didn't fail. I didn't fail the class. That kind of affected me in a negative way. Uh, long term. Totally yeah. So you said you kind of had a more of a positive uh, long term, and this was kind of negative. So again, you can kind of click off the page on YouTube, whereas right. with a professor, you're stuck. You can with be them. stuck with them if they suck. Yep. Yep. There's just and and that and you're watching money going down the tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that case, also. Yeah, she's still there. I still know that. And uh, the problem was is she was the only one that taught that class. Ah. So I, I couldn't move to a different time class with another professor because she was the script writing teacher. Right. Right. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was kind of a. Uh, juxtaposition based on what you had said about yours. So I think all in all, there's no wrong or right or yeah. better or worse. I think they're just different. It, it depends on you. It kind of depends on what you really want to get out of it. Right. It kind of depends on like, yeah, they're, they're very, they're complementary. Like you can get a base knowledge over here and you get, you know, supplementary knowledge over here. And like, there are all things that are in your toolbox and you kind of pick and choose what you want. And like for some people, you know, learning in a classroom environment, works better for them for right. some people um, just kind of doing it. Cause there's a lot of in, in school, a lot of sit in there and listen to people talk about doing it instead of just doing it. Right. And you're waiting to get to the doing it. And there's people, some people that just want to just do it now and figure it out along the way. Some things work different for different people, but like, I think there's, there's definitely good things with, with both of them. I think YouTube is good. If you went to school for something else, something you want to pursue now you know, you can watch YouTube videos and, and learn it. Right. Right. Whereas, you know, you don't want to go to school twice. And I, th- I think it's, a, I think, a, yeah, I think it's a great, you know, help, help manual. Right. And I think, right. and for us to both say that we use YouTube daily mm-hmm. still, and we both have a film degree, it's really hard to compare the two. Right. Right. So I think that was, I think that's cool, man. And I've kind of always wanted to do this episode just because, uh, like I said, we use both every day mm-hmm. and I, I'm still in contact with some of my professors and I, we know some YouTubers and things like that who teach on there. And I think it's just, uh, I think people sometimes compare the two and they're uncomparable. Yeah, I get I see a lot of, you know, stuff on Twitter and, and it's just kind of like just really trashing film school saying like you don't need it, it's stupid. Right. And like and I don't think that's true. I think it's it's different strokes for different folks. Totally. And and I think I think you can get good things out of both, but I think trashing one way or the other is is silly. Yeah. And so I like I wanted I'm, I'm glad we talked about this too cuz I wanted to say that like that no, film school is not useless just cuz there's other um, really good resources out there on YouTube. Like there's things you get in film school, right? Mostly having to do with kind of like location, being where you are with the people you're with. Yeah, I think it's more of an experience. It's more of an experience. You yeah. l- really get to learn how to communicate with people on set and work with more people on set. Right, right, right. And uh, there's also on YouTube, there's no way to go sit in a coffee shop with your friend and smoke cigarettes and talk about French films in the super dorky true. way. Wait, what <laughs> coffee shops are you going to? You can't smoke anywhere. I remember how long ago I went to. Oh yeah, you were in college in like the seventies. Listen, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I'm super glad we talked about this and I hope it helped others. Again, not saying one's better than the other. I just, I just think they're completely different and they're both beneficial. Yeah. If you uh, guys have, uh, you know, uh, experiences that you want to talk about, you know, hit that contact button and and send it to us and and we can chat about it for sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear about your guys' film school experiences or just your YouTube experience. Or opinion on it. Yeah. Just like what what one do you like better? What do you find most useful? Yeah. And also uh, we, we haven't done this in past episodes, but I do want to say if you could 
leave us a review on iTunes and give us the five stars if you like it. That'd be dope. That would be awesome. Give us a follow on Spotify. That stuff helps us out a ton. Yes, and you, absolutely. And next week we are going to record with a very special guest that I'm not going to mention right now. Ooh. And he is out of Culver City and he's worked on a lot of really cool films. So looking forward right to that. So thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you very soon. Yeah, peace out, everybody. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.